0: Welcome to The Better Buy, a new podcast from Better Homes and Gardens. I'm your host, Melanie Berlier. Each week, we'll talk to experts about the highs and lows of home ownership and share stories, advice, and practical tips you can actually put to work in your own space. In this episode, I'm speaking with Dave and Jenny Mars, the husband and wife duo of home improvers turned TV stars who have transformed 300 fixer uppers into amazing homes together. While Dave puts his unrivaled restoration skills to work, Jenny flexes her creativity on the design side. Thank you so much for joining us. We're really excited to have you on The Better Buy. So which came first, the loving relationship or the business partnership?
1: Loving relationship. Yes. And actually, when the business partnership started, the loving relationship, it's still going, surprisingly. So (laughs) we're, we're still working it out. (laughs)
0: I'm very impressed. What's your secret? How do you make it work? I don't know. I think we just have
2: fun and we balance each other out. If one of us is having a bad day, the other one is usually the one that's saying, okay, we can do this. You know, so (laughs) I think having fun, really just prioritizing family and also keeping everything in perspective and the big picture of, you know. The things that can be really stressful and hard, we just can kind of talk through together. Like, okay, wait, let's look at this. Let's step back, think through this. And I think we do a good job balancing each other.
1: We're very blessed that we've been able to find something that we both love, right? Mm -hmm. We're Enneagram Mm 7, so we really love to start new projects and dream about new things and get them off the ground going. It really helps in a business relationship when you're both passionate about it. Yeah,
0: that's true. I love that. Did you just tell me your Enneagram type? I'm so intrigued. Do you also know your Myers-Briggs personality types?
1: I have no No. idea what you just said. And I know my Enneagram type because Jenny told me my Enneagram type. Well, you did a test. I I did a test. Yeah, you did the
0: test. Yeah. I love that. What do you remember most about your first Fixer Upper experience together? Well, that was long before
2: the show, I would say. I mean, that was a long time ago. I would think the first one was the little blue little House, house yeah. yeah. The thing I remember about that house was that the you'll probably the same thing, the postcards we found in the wall. Yeah. It was really cool. We were doing demo and we found these postcards that the previous owner had written in World War World War Two. Oh wow. Back home. And they were in the wall. Like yeah. behind the drywall. That was really cool.
1: Yeah, letters that he had written to his wife. To his wife, and, right? Uh, yeah. You don't find treasures very often. Um, usually it's more trash.
0: That is really special. What, do, what did you do with them? Where are the postcards today? I actually feel like we brought them to the Historical Museum. Yeah, Didn't I think we, we the did.
2: Historical society. I think we turned them in, actually. Yeah.
0: Very cool. What are your deal breakers when it comes to house hunting? And it can be something different for each of you, or perhaps it's the like same. Like where we're going to live? Yeah. I would say for your next project,
1: Okay. You know, for for our next project, when we're looking at these homes, we really like to keep, you know, the same style of the home that it is. So if it's a craftsman home or if it's a Victorian home or modern home, it's really hard to go in and make a Victorian home, this ultra modern house. And I really love classic architecture. So kind of a deal breaker for me is if we go into a house and the homeowners really want to completely change what the house is. I just want to look at them and say, you know, you just brought the wrong house. I'm sorry. Like, you know, it might be a great location, but it's just not something I want to get involved in. Because that, to me, the character and the charm, there aren't craftsmen anymore like there used to be. There just aren't. The way that these houses were built and the way that they were done. And to take and destroy that is just something I'm not interested in.
0: You've spoken a bunch about you know embracing imperfections in a home. What's your strategy for preserving the character of the homes you tackle?
2: I think the first thing is really trying to figure out what we can keep, particularly if it's an old house, right? So when we go in and we talk with our homeowners and we're asking them, what do they want to see changed? What do they want to update? That sort of thing. We talk through all of that, but then we also talk through, okay, but what can we keep in this house? What can we keep original? If it's the flooring, if it's Even just the structure, like even if there's all the, I love old houses that have all the like nooks and crannies and weird angles and really embracing that 99% of the time we do update a kitchen, for example, and bathroom, because those are, you know, the spaces that really date themselves the quickest, but we do try to incorporate the same style of the house. And I love, you know, finding artisans who make lights that are handmade and handmade hardware for the cabinets, just really trying to... To be true to the time frame in which the house was built as much as we can, and bringing in touches that feel authentic but also modernized.
1: Right.
0: Since you do focus on restoring so many historic homes, do you believe in haunted houses? A hundred percent. Yes. Oh, go ahead. Well,
1: so we actually—I should go back on a deal breaker. Like, we actually have walked in houses before. It's From the moment you walk in, it doesn't feel right. It doesn't feel good. Like there's just something wrong with the house, and nothing that you can physically see.
2: I do feel like one of our houses was haunted. It was a nice ghost. She was really kind, I really liked her. Um, We hung out. It was a little creepy though at night, but she was really nice. And then she just, what she did every time is she would always change the mirror. Like, remember the mirror that kept getting moved? I was like, I swear that's the ghost doing that. It might've been Dave sneaking in and trying trying to make me crazy. But when we were done with the house, she was no longer there. So I think she was then happy and just left. Oh, interesting. I joke about that. I don't know that I actually believe in haunted houses, but I do feel like houses carry, the there's like a, yeah, there's a feeling in the air, an energy, a soul, something. I mean, it's just, it is just drywall and bricks, but there are memories and moments that are grafted into that place. And if that place,
0: you can just walk in and feel a lightness or a heaviness. It's very, it's fascinating. There's a history, right? It makes sense. Yeah.
2: exactly
0: yeah what is the most unexpected problem you've faced during the home reno process and how did you handle it
1: so basically we go in with these the homes for the television show and we blind bid these things right so everything that we can see we bid but you're
2: not telling the story that i think you're telling
1: (laughs) we (laughs) had a house and this is an older older house um old cast iron pipes and I don't know how long it had been happening, Dave, but
2: this is so gross. the I'm cast sorry. iron
1: pipes were rusted out from the toilet and they were just dumping the sewage in the crawl space. Inside it was disgusting. It was disgusting.
0: Oh, that had you know, scared. that's
1: when you're thankful for, that plumber that's just not afraid to throw those, those gloves that go all the way up to your shoulder mm-hmm. on and just, we were able to fix it. We addressed it all. We took care of it, put in a new sewer line. But that's that was awesome. one of the more disgusting <laughs> remodels I've ever been a part of. What
2: about I, you? Yeah, I
1: agree. You you can't top that. She can't <laughs> no, top that. I
2: forgot about that. We didn't even tell the homeowner about it. We just t- fixed it because we yeah. were like, I don't think she needs to know this was happening in her house.
0: I think that was very kind of you. <laughs> Where do you look for inspiration throughout the home improvement process?
2: Everywhere, right? Like if we we if we're out to eat at a restaurant, or if we are at a hotel, or. You know, obviously magazines, obviously Instagram. But I think it's really just like being out and looking for new things. Yeah, and-
1: If we are doing a home show yeah. in Columbus, we are walking around the downtown. And if we see color, if we see an architectural style, if we see anything yeah. that we like, we have got pictures upon pictures and folders that even if we don't know where we're going to use mm-hmm. it, I'll get messages from people saying, hey, I thought this was a really cool idea. And sometimes it's not, but sometimes it is. And we can kind of modify it and put our own take on it.
0: I'm curious specifically if your fans, either on social media or elsewhere, have inspired any specific decisions you've made.
1: Actually, we're getting ready to do a house where there's storage that comes out, like drawers that pull out from underneath the staircase. It's really cool. And actually, a fan on Instagram sent me a video and said, hey, I think this would be a really cool idea.
0: That's great. What are your favorite money-saving home tips? Yeah.
1: So Jenny is really big on, you know, you can update a kitchen. You can update a space without spending a lot of money. You can do it with hardware, with like specific lighting. Because you think about, what like Jenny said earlier, really... In a house, what goes out of style is never a bedroom or a living room. It's always, it's always a kitchen, a bathroom, which if you're replacing all of those, that's the most expensive square footage in your house. That, that real estate is really expensive. But yeah. by adding paint and hardware and things that don't necessarily cost money, they just right. take time, you can really completely change the room around.
0: I was going to say people underestimate the value of a fresh coat of paint. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> yes. Yes. like what
1: it will do to your house and how it will update and liven up your house is amazing.
0: And I think
2: just if you find a light fixture for example that you see in someone's house on Instagram or whatever and taking the time to really search and maybe you find that light somewhere and you're like oh my gosh it's you know $1500 but a lot of times you can find similar looking pieces that are less expensive whether it's a light or a chair or whatever that may be but really just taking the time it takes time to really, you know, sit down and do a lot of searching and finding different sources for, you know, whatever it may be. But I do love working with makers on sites like Etsy, because they, a lot of times are making these items out of their home, but they can make exactly what you want. And really at a fraction of the cost of some of the bigger brands out there. So yeah, I think people forget about using Etsy. And I think it's a good source for lots of things.
0: And on the other side of the equation, what would you say is typically worth the splurge when it comes to making
1: over a space? We would totally disagree on this. (laughs) I focus on everything behind the wall, all the stuff that makes a house function properly, like insulation and that comfort feeling, like heating and air, like that's all the stuff I care about. Great windows where I think Jenny is more so. I would
2: say in in every, yeah. And I would just, like choose, you know, choose where you want to spend your money, like in your living room, you may not want to spend a ton of money, you know, but in your kitchen, you maybe find these amazing pendant lights that you have to have. And that's where you spend your money, you want like a focal point, you want a moment, not every space, but I think in most spaces, you want some sort of like, oh, that's the thing right there, whether it's a really amazing handmade faucet, or a beautiful light or beautiful countertops or tile, whatever it is that is gonna be that focal point for you in the space, I think it goes a long way. Like people sometimes overlook, you know, tile or lighting or hardware, but really choosing, and you don't have to make all of them, you know, these elevated things. You can have a one focal point, And if you have amazing lights, you have really simple tile backsplash, And that that's great because then the, the light is your focal.
0: I'm a big one on lighting. I think lighting
2: is really important.
0: It is. What would you say to a couple that has zero renovation or home design expertise, but wants to tackle some projects themselves? Are there any go-to easier projects that you would recommend? So
1: if it were me, I would start in a smaller space, Mm -hmm. like maybe a mudroom or something, putting up a a mudroom seat and storage. And you can focus on those little projects. And then they give you, they kind of give you the encouragement and the confidence to move into something bigger. Mm -hmm. I think one of the downfalls of watching HGTV or like they see us do this show in an hour redo a house and they think, all right, well, let's go in and let's start with the kitchen first because yeah. we hate it. And then they demolish their whole kitchen and it's too much It's too mm-hmm. much, and you get overwhelmed by it. So yeah. start small, work up from there. And, you know, I mean, if you can do it in spaces that don't involve a lot of electrical moving, a lot of plumbing replacement, that's the easy stuff that DIYers can do really without a professional. You can just do it on your own.
0: Yeah. Maybe start with a clothist, you know, how people were turning closets into offices during the pandemic. Yes.
1: (laughs) Exactly. Our kids have
2: all done that in their bedrooms. They've all turned their closets into their little, like, they call them their office. They all made tables with Dave in the
0: barn. I was actually going to ask you how you make a home more livable for a family with, say, five children. It really just depends on
2: the family and what your family needs. For us, our house is a small farmhouse that was built- you know, over a 100 years ago. So we are big on making use of every space. So anywhere we can add storage or cabinetry or built ins, we do that because we have a lot of stuff because kids have a lot of stuff. So we have a closet under our stairs that we added that is the kids craft closet. We have a little drop zone when you walk in the door where they're supposed to hang their backpacks, but they always end up on the floor. But Ideally, (laughs) there's a there's a hook that doesn't ever get used, but it's there. For us, things like hardwood floors that are indestructible, you know, there's tons of options out there for flooring. We actually have white oak floors that we put an epoxy finish on. So they're like just sealed in an indestructible way that our kids have tried to destroy and they haven't yet. For me also, for our house I chose to do white paint because it makes everything feel a little bit brighter and a little bit bigger because we have, like I said, a small house. And although people think it's a bad choice with kids, it's actually the easiest choice with kids because you can use the little magic eraser and it's gone. Where if you have a dark, a really dark paint color and it gets nicked, you're in trouble. In an ideal world, I would touch up our paint more often, but I just use a magic eraser and I call it a day.
1: Yeah, I think a lot of people as well, like they buy a house, or they move into a house where there's a designated space. Okay, this is supposed to be a dining room, but you need to figure out what your family uses. Yeah. Like if your family just sits up at the island every night, why do you have a dining table sitting there that you don't use? Change it into an office or a playroom or something else that is functional for your family. Who cares what it's supposed to be? Yeah. And so that's a big part of our show is going in with these homeowners and saying, okay, How do you use the space? How do you envision it? And I think if people step back and look at that, like they probably wouldn't need nearly the size house that they have. They could probably deal with a lot less and, you know, over several moves where we just realized we didn't need a big house. Our house is for getting ready for eating and for sleeping. In Other than that, kids go outside and play.
0: We'll be back with more from Dave and Jenny Mars after the break. Welcome back to the Better Buy, a podcast from Better Homes and Gardens. And Jenny, I love that you called that out about the color of white paint. Yeah. Because I feel the same way about towels, bedding, and couches, even. I have a four year old, yes. and people think I'm crazy for all the white, but it's when it comes to stain removal, it is the easiest. The
2: easiest. I totally agree. Yes. (laughs) Yep. We have a lot of crayons and markers that we have removed from our walls. (laughs) But I do like a pop of bold paint. But for us in this season of life, this is the best. And I think that's the other thing is to remember, like, everything's a season. First of all, if you have young kids, you can feel overwhelmed. And how do I make my home? Because I mean, babies have a lot of stuff no matter what toddlers they have a lot of stuff and you don't want you want your home to be a home that is their home as well so you don't want it to be this like museum that all you care about is what other people think when they come and visit that it looks perfect and then your kids don't get to enjoy their home I mean it is their home too they live here So I think for me and for us, we've said this all the time, like we can't have nice things. We just can't. We have five kids. It's okay. (laughs) And that is just the reality of our season of life. They grow really fast. Our boys are about to turn 12 and I still can't believe it. And before we blink, they're all going to be out of the house. So remembering that is important when you have kids and you have a home that you're trying to make beautiful but functional. Just remember everything's a season. This season, this too shall pass. So just embrace all the baby toys cuz they're going to be out of here soon and it'll be the next season. So you can always make the space work for you now. It doesn't have to stay that way forever. In a few years, reevaluate, you know,
0: then you can paint the walls a different color right. and that sort of thing. You can't have nice things, but you can make nice memories. Exactly. There you go. Yeah, and I mean you can
2: have nice things, but you know,
0: you know what I mean? They always get
2: broken or written on right. or whatever, but that makes them even better. I love And like, that's what we talk about all the time, the imperfections. If everything was perfect and you lived in a museum, then what is the fun in that? And where's the joy? The joy is in the fact that our table does have like all over it. There's crayon marks (laughs) that I need to get off. That's because my son was here coloring this morning. You know what I mean? So that's Mm -hmm. just life. And if you're not living in your home, then it's not actually a home. It's just a house and walls. So I think
0: just, keeping that perspective is probably the most important thing. Very well said. What is your favorite room in your current home and why? I like the front porch.
1: I like to be outside too. I'm just like my kids. I would rather be sitting outside. We've got a beautiful view. I like to hear nature. Anytime I can, I'm sitting with a cup of coffee out on our front porch.
2: Yeah. I, I would say our kitchen and the front porch is my too, but the kitchen is where we spend. If we're inside, we're at the ki- we're in the kitchen always.
0: Yep. I mean, the kitchen table is our office. <laughs> it's where we work. It's Where everything happens at the kitchen table. And what's the first thing you notice when you enter another person's house?
2: Well, it's only sometimes I do notice smells a lot.
1: Really,
0: I would say smell. That sounds. But sometimes I smell really good. Well, you were good. traumatized by the, the septic problem at that other house. <laughs> well, and I think it's because we have animals. So I'm always like, oh my gosh, does our house smell? Because you know, sometimes you get used to it and you're like, wait, does
2: my house smell like dog? I don't know. But sometimes you walk in a house and people have a candle burning and you're like, oh my gosh. And it brings you back to whatever smell is. So it brings back memories or if they're cooking or... Whatever it reminds me of certain things. So I do tend to notice smells, I suppose.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I think I just noticed like general cleanliness, like general like is stuff picked <laughs> so up. Mean. I am very mean, but it's curious to me like no,
2: I, okay,
1: the way I was raised, like you always, you know, picked up and kept stuff well, orderly. We don't. No. we don't all the time, but When people come over, I try to make it a point to like, okay, everything's at least picked up and it's shoved behind a closet door or something.
2: Personally, I would rather go to a friend's house that is not picked up and that is just real. I love when there's stacks of mail on the counter and there's kids' papers over here and there's toys there because it makes it feel normal and I don't feel like, oh gosh, I'm afraid to touch anything and I'm afraid to have my kids here. It makes me say, oh, wow, okay, good. I'm not the only one who has just, you know, you always have the piles, right, of things. So I think it also is that idea of, you know, feeling, making people feel welcome without, you know, you don't, it's not like you're putting on a show for someone if they're
0: your friend coming over versus if we're going for a project. I think that's a different situation, I I guess. Yeah. Is there anything you'll do differently in building out your home for the next season of your lives? Oh, I don't think we're ever moving. I don't want
2: to
1: move.
0: Dave wants to move, but I don't. Yeah, I don't want to
1: move. So would you I, say I you're that. in
0: your forever home? And if so, what oh, makes yeah. a home a forever home?
2: Well, we moved a lot for a long time, and so I just don't ever want to move again, number one. But number two, I love this home. We yeah, Actually, this house that we're in, we picked up and moved.
1: Because it was going to get torn down, yeah. so we moved it to out to land outside of the city and completely redid it. And then redid it again. The outside of our house looks exactly like it did when it was down on the, you know, the square. Oh, wow. And the inside we've made our own.
2: Yeah. It's just the memories here. I mean, we have three of our kids came home to this house. The boys were really little. So it's like all they know, this is their home. And growing up, Dave and I both lived in the same house, our whole childhood for the most part. And there's just something about that that consistency and that steadiness that both of us experienced as a kid that we want to give to our family, our kids, particularly now, because the world is really hard and life is crazy and our world is a little bit crazy. And so to have this place that they can come back, that they have, that's steady, that this is home. It's not saying that it's wrong to move all the time, but for us, for our life, we need some, something that's just steady and the foundation and that's what this place is for our family and we have land we have animals we have gardens we have all those things that teach our kids a lot of things about responsibility and caring for others you know whether it's the animals or you know caring for the blueberry plants they learn a lot here and we try to like insulate them and give them a little bit of protection over
0: their world and this place feels like that to me
1: yeah i agree
0: Beautifully said. And if you could give <laughs> one piece of advice to new homeowners, what would it be?
1: Really a home for most people is going to be the biggest investment of your life. If it's a place that you want to be, that you want, like you love the community, you love your neighbors, like build around that and create, make that your your space, like make that where you want to live life and do life. And if it's not, if you don't, you know, if you don't feel at home in your community or after a few years or at home, you know, with your travel to work, with whatever it may be, it's a great investment. Sell it and go find that place. Find that place that makes you feel like Jenny does. Well, like what she just said, where it's your home and it's your safe spot. Because we're luckily in America. Like it's a great investment. It's a great tax shelter. It's a great way to keep profit. Like if you do decide to sell it. There's so many great things about owning a home, I'm always encourage people, like, go find that place that's yours and hold on to it.
0: Wonderful.
2: I'm sorry, go ahead, Jenny. No, just one thing I would say, too, is not to get overwhelmed and caught up in all of the resources out there that we talked about earlier, right? The magazines, the Instagrams, the Pinterest's, all of those things can be so overwhelming because there are so many trends. And there also are so many people out there that are doing a beautiful job. I mean, they they do a beautiful job in their homes, but they're constantly sharing these new projects that they did. And you see them and you're like, Oh my gosh, that's so beautiful. But you have to remember that a lot of times they're getting stuff, you know, like maybe they got that tile for free. I don't know, like it is possible. So it's okay if you can't afford that handmade tile that costs $25. It's Um, You don't have to have a perfect Instagrammable home. You don't. I just feel so passionate about that, that your home is so much more than a photo to share with other people. It is a place that really is for you and your family. And if you love something, if you love an orange chair that no one else loves, who cares? It's yours and you love it and get it and put it in your living room and enjoy it. And
0: that is something we're both really passionate about. I'll wrap up with a few quick response questions. Okay. What does home mean to you in a single word? Comfort. Safe. Spacious lawn or large basement? Lawn. Spacious lawn. Lawn. High ceilings or lots of natural light? Light. Light. Neighbors or privacy? Privacy. Privacy. With neighbors that I can visit. Yeah, I, like, I would say neighbors. <laughs> Fully renovated or fixer-upper? Fixer-upper. Fixer-upper. Pom-poms or tassels?
1: Pom-poms. Tassels. <laughs> I
0: was wondering. What you'd say. Plants or pets? Plants. Ah, I can't decide. No. Plants? No, both. Both. <laughs> It's a tough one. It's a tough one. Well, thank you so much for joining us. This has been really, really fun for me. And I know our listeners are going to love it too. Thank Thank you. you. It was so nice to talk to you. You've been listening to The Better Buy from Better Homes and Gardens. Be sure to follow The Better Buy on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts so you don't miss an episode. We'd love your feedback, so please rate this podcast and leave us a review. And make sure to come back next Wednesday for more. I'll see you then.